0: MP no! News was forced to get off of Home base, we it was too dangerous
1: They said too many people are getting hurt. Uh-huh. There were ten people that were taken off
0: site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that.
1: Podcast 99. Hello, welcome to a special edition of Podcast 99. Survivor Stories. This is Parks Miller. Uh we're changing it up a bit. Ryan usually does a lot of the interviews, but I decided that I wanted to get in on some of this because we've had so many um, new uh, survivor opportunities uh, really (laughs) since the uh, HBO documentary came out, and it's kind of been overwhelming. It's been great for the podcast because we've had a lot more uh, material now. So here I am. I'm going to take a stab at doing one of these interviews. Um, I am (laughs) here with Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, so you met, you got connected to us through our, one of our best and earliest survivors, Andy Thies, uh on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I did. I did.
1: Great. And so y'all reached out and you were talking about the documentary.
2: Correct. We were uh, talking about the documentary, uh, kind of sharing our thoughts on what we what we thought about it, mm-hmm. and uh, then he connected me with you guys.
1: <laughs> awesome. Now, just off the top, uh, what did you think of the HBO documentary?
2: Uh, I, I felt it was lackluster. I felt it was missing a huge uh, piece of the story, which is more from the people that were there and actually experienced it. Um, and I felt that the the promoters did not take any accountability. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I, I mean, I think that uh, Michael Lang and especially John Sher, uh, that's kind of been their their go-to the entire time is sort of just promoting the Woodstock brand and not really taking much responsibility at all for what happened. And yeah, I also think that yeah, there could have just been more attendees perspective, especially given the fact that there was 400,000 people there. So that really is the majority. And that's kind of the impetus of what, when things happen when you have that many people, that's kind of where the ripple effect happens And there's Mm -hmm. just got to be so many different perspectives there. And I mean, I think personally, that's what we are proud of with our podcast and having all these different survivor stories is that it's not necessarily going to fit into a certain way that you want it to, you know, just to have a nice buttoned up story.
2: yes everybody's experience was very unique (laughs) yes
1: yeah and and then that's what we're here for so brooke let's get into it um take us back to 1999 uh (laughs) when you when did you how did you hear about woodstock and what made you say i have to be there
2: so it was uh through my roommate actually she heard about woodstock first um and she's like, I have to be there, and you have to go with me. <laughs> and we were living in Boise, Idaho, at the time.
1: Okay, okay. So this and, is great. This is a very mm-hmm. far trek. Uh, mm-hmm, so, yes. <laughs> so, uh, college roommate.
2: Uh, we had just worked together. We were not in college.
1: Okay. And, uh, and
2: uh, she was twenty-one, and I was twenty. <laughs>
1: great. Answer my question. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> you. So your roommate really wanted Mm -hmm. to go and then were Mm -hmm. you like uh i guess so or just i love you you're my you're my roommate or were you also interested in going
2: oh i was totally down i was like heck yeah let's go to woodstock we went to a lot of shows at the time anyway Mm -hmm. um and uh so there were some bands there that we were interested in seeing uh so we definitely had to make the journey I particularly was very big into the rave scene at the time, so I was very interested in that.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. And I mean, this is great for us because the rave is uh, famously uh, not well documented. Um, (laughs) It was not. (laughs) So, was it uh, which artists in particular, or was it just the rave scene in general?
2: Just the racing in general, it, uh, I was very immersed in it at the time, um, and I did a lot of go-go dancing for different DJs um, that would come into town locally, so uh, I was just all about it.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. That's awesome. Uh, in, any of the, the bands, the headliners, the new metal, stuff like that?
2: uh well i loved 90 music so i was very familiar with a lot of them i know in the documentary they were saying it did just didn't make sense a lot of these bands weren't known i mean they were known kind of in my circle if you were into music
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i remember in the documentary moby uh mm-hmm. has a, a i guess maybe a hissy fit of not knowing. yeah i, lost,
2: I lost a little respect for him. then. i'm like you're moby how do you not know Up and coming uh, musicians Mm -hmm. or different genres. (laughs) I was like, okay, Moby.
1: (laughs) Now, Moby. I mean, someone who wasn't actually a part of the '90s rave scene. Moby to me seems kind of like an interesting figure because he. It seems like he kind of came up in the rave scene, but then Mm -hmm. he kind of he. It feels like he took it to this very pop centric place and kind of he did. Now, so were you a fan of Moby at the time?
2: Um, I was not overly a fan of Moby. Moby, I did like his soundtrack in the movie, The Beach. Um, and oh, that's yeah. when he kind of hit my radar. And I was like, okay, Moby's kind of cool. This is chill, uh, low key kind of music that I could relax to. But uh, definitely not go to a rave and dance to.
1: <laughs> mm, gotcha. Okay, yeah, because his music is seems kind of atmospheric. And yeah, like, sound yeah. soundtrack music, as opposed to like, chewing up ecstasy and like, partying all night. um um, so so you guys y'all have the intention now some people at that age like the ticket price is a lot and we've had some stories of people just kind of like i had to like save up or we had one survivor he like worked at a coffee shop and had a tip jar that said Mm -hmm. you know saving for woodstock 99 was there any kind of preparation like that or were you just able to like oh let's go no problem
2: yeah, so there was a little bit of preparation and it was actually funded. Uh, we did have to pay her grandma back, but she's like, hey, I'm going to front you guys, you girls the cash. You go have fun. She bought our tickets. She bought, it, she covered mostly everything.
1: Wow. Thank you, grandma.
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, grandma rocks. Um, and <laughs> uh, she was like, go have fun. <laughs> Awesome. And, uh, we did end up paying her all the money back, but it was, you know, a loan to, to go.
1: <laughs> That's good for you. That's really good for you. Yeah. Um. And I can't help but think of like trying to get back to grandma's house from Woodstock is a little bit of a little red riding hood. Uh, good <laughs> Lord. Um, We did
2: not tell grandma.
1: <laughs> <we didn't>, yeah. <laughs> uh. Now, so was she just like, oh, is that that sounds like Woodstock, you know, 69 mm-hmm. or something. This should be fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) great so it was the two of you just the two of you
2: uh and we had we had an additional uh friend uh with us and he was more of a friend with her so uh i think his name it was like garrett or uh, something with a g and i cannot remember for the life of me right now
1: (laughs) that's all right so it
2: was three of us
1: okay three three is a good it's a good Mm -hmm. traveling crowd yeah you you have two Mm -hmm. if one person starts to lag you're like it's just me you have three it's easy to Mm -hmm. two people can pick up the other person um now so boise's far away from from new Mm -hmm. york so did you fly did you drive take a bus we did fly okay great so then you had like a hotel in Rome?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. So we actually spent three days. We flew into uh, JFK and then we uh, spent uh, three days uh, in the city uh, just being playing tourist. And we rented a car and drove to uh, Rome from there. And we did get a hotel in Rome. We decided we weren't going to bring a bunch of camping stuff or buy camping stuff uh, there. That it was just best to like get a hotel off site.
1: Okay. Wow. So you, you were going to a hotel every night. After. Uh,
2: well, (laughs) okay. Not every night, (laughs) but that was
1: like kind of the idea, right? Yeah, that was the idea. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. I think that you might be the first person that we've talked to who's, who didn't camp because I mean, the camping was notorious. Um, were the hotel prices like gouged?
2: uh no i we booked really far in advance so we planned uh a lot for this it was months and months in advance before it came up
1: nice nice that's great so you were just kind of like plotting it out you're like this is how we're gonna approach Mm -hmm. this entire woodstock experience yeah so (laughs) did you arrive on thursday or friday 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 okay so Mm -hmm. you check into your hotel and Mm -hmm. What was the scene like in Rome?
2: Uh, the traffic was heavy. Uh, I remember that and it really just, the energy seemed amazing as we were getting closer to the site and I, I thought I was in heaven. I was like, <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be the best experience. Uh, we were just really stoked, um, so yeah that was the scene in rome like driving up uh the hotel was really chill there was a few other people there that were going but not a ton the most people Mm -hmm. were camping
1: right and i guess that the camping is i mean as far as the the mythology the legend i mean that's part of a fest a music festival Mm -hmm. like you gotta Mm -hmm. camp and you just spin out whatever and then you're just you crash in your tent and then you wake up yeah two hours later (laughs) to the sun so you get in um friday and uh this is a, a classic question we have um do you recall like the security process as you entered the festival
2: uh lack thereof yeah <laughs> there yeah. wasn't really anything it was pretty quick like hey what's up high security and they just kind of let us through they didn't really i mean they barely looked in our bags and stuff but
1: not much um now this is a question that you don't you don't have to answer if you don't want but do were you into uh partying of any sort i was okay um so did you have any were you bringing anything with you that you were like worried about or you're just like we'll find something when we're on site
2: we were we will find something when we're on site okay
1: <laughs> nice great um so you get in and uh was it like the afternoon of friday
2: uh, it was, uh, more towards evening, uh, Friday. So, um, when we got in, we kind of just bolted right towards the main stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, I think it was Alanis Morissette. What was her name?
1: Alanis was not Alanis, Saturday, uh, but Crow. Uh,
2: Cheryl Crow. Okay. Thank you. She was on.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, any opinions on Cheryl Crow?
2: I actually had no, uh, and this is where things started to get real crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our venture started real quick. Uh, I had no interest or desire to see her. It mm-hmm. uh, wasn't my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so I really just kind of wanted to walk around and get a lay of the land. People watch, see what booths they had, things like that. Um, And so my girlfriend, Sarah is like, no, I wanna see her. And so me and the other guy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I it's driving me nuts. I can't remember his name. I feel so bad right now. (laughs) Um, We uh, Mm -hmm. decided we wanted to walk around. So we left her and we uh, planned a meeting time and place. (laughs) <laughs> the, okay. which did not work out <laughs> right
1: so that's also a common thing you know that we hear a lot you know this is a pre uh cell phone i mean not pre-cell phone but mm-hmm. just that, you know it wasn't really at a at, at the yeah. point it is now and so a lot of split ups we had one survivor just they split up right at the start and then never see him again did you see sarah again
2: uh i did see her but not till um late saturday evening so i spent uh about 24 hours trying to have fun and also look for her at the same time
0: (laughs)
1: wow (laughs) crazy so so you all split up and you're wandering around and so how how, Mm -hmm. what is that environment what is that vibe like
2: uh friday it was it was great um i was just having fun wandering around and um People watching and uh, enjoying the bands as much as possible, uh, right until I couldn't find Sarah, and then kind of, you know, heartache set in, and I was like, "Where is my friend?"
1: So, <laughs> did you go to the meeting place at the right time?
2: Um, so I did, and she was not there.
1: <laughs> okay. And were you still with the your third member?
2: Yes. yeah so so me and him did not separate at all we stayed together especially after that point we're like nope we're attached
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: (laughs) We're were you did you feel concerned like how long did you wait when you were at the the Meeting, place.
2: we waited about 45 minutes, um, but we also knew that she was really into George Clinton. Oh. Um, so we're like, okay, so we're going to make sure we go over there and see her there. She wasn't there,
1: but <laughs> mm-hmm. <Not laughs> also so. hard to tell, right? You know, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: So we, we looked the best we could and just never found her. Um, so uh, that led up to us kind of like, you know what, we just have to have fun and enjoy this experience. And hopefully, you know, we'll find her when we find her.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So at that point, if it's like, you caught some of George Clinton's set? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, So at that point you are, it is getting pretty late into the evening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Maybe Corn and Bush, George Clinton was on the West stage, and then Corn yes. and Bush, I think, were like the last two on the East stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from Clinton, did you, was that a, how long was it until you got to the rave?
2: We actually went over to see uh, the last of Corn, so we didn't finish out over at George Clinton. And I, I really was very interested in Corn, I was a huge Corn fan. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to see a little bit of them. So we went back over there. Um, and then, uh, we were just kind of formulating a game plan from there. Like, what do we want to do? Do we want to go back to the hotel room? I was very adamant <laughs> not leaving my friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't want to leave this place, uh, and, and miss her or something. Cause we, we had one car.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so we bought blankets <laughs>
0: okay from like a vendor, yeah which were like hippie yeah
2: (laughs) they're all like like woven blankets um and we just kind of set up a little camp like towards the front by the gates in case she tried to come out that way
1: okay (laughs) wow so you're just so now you're not so you you did see some acts and let me back up Mm -hmm. just because corn is kind of one of the legendary Woodstock 99 acts mm-hmm. um, they had one of the craziest mosh pits um oh my gosh were yeah getting, taking out so how close were you and were you were you a part of like were you in the thick of it were you further back? Like, where were you? And what? Was I was
2: really stage? close. So I was uh, towards the right of the stage, and I just kind of scooted my way up towards front on the outskirts. So I didn't go in the thick of like the mosh pit. I wanted nothing to do with that. I was yeah. watching it. I was like, oh no, no. <laughs> but you were up
1: there. You were like very close. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if yeah. you've seen the video of them performing live but mm-hmm. from from the stage and the whole wave of people jumping up and down it looks yeah absolutely it was
2: yeah, it was nice. insane
0: <laughs> nice.
1: yeah it also seemed like a, a great performance too um mm-hmm. okay so so back so now you're at you're just camp you you have a makeshift camp it's just it's you your yeah. friend blankets and you're waiting mm-hmm. so how long are you waiting and tell like what happens from here
2: uh we were sitting around um and I at that point I had already had my boobs airbrushed. I forgot about that part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so just to from that I mean what kind of attention what what was the effect of having your boobs airbrushed? How did that um, change your experience?
2: It was a little weird during the airbrush set because you know they were doing like the auction um for girls to pay for to have it done so that was kind of wild. Uh there was actually a a woods uh Rolling Stone reporter uh over there at the time when I was getting mine and he asked me a question and I so I told him about like me go go dancing for different DJs and stuff. And um <laughs> he was like, okay, cool, la la he was writing stuff down. And um, so I just went on my day. I ran into that same reporter later by the George, uh, George Clinton stage and he asked to take uh, my picture. So I sat on my friend's shoulders, took my picture with my boobs <laughs> painted, um, and then I bought some ecstasy from them.
1: <laughs> from the Rolling Stone reporter. <laughs> yep, I sure did. <laughs> um, now I I'm curious did did this photo make it into a publication?
2: It actually made it onto their website. So later down uh, the road, like I would say a few months later, they published all those photos onto that website um, and my dad found it.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, so what did he have? What did your dad have to say? He,
2: it was a, it was a little bit of a rough phone call. Uh, you know, he was like, I know who you are. What kind of person you are. He was so disappointed.
1: Disappointed, <laughs> like, but not, not, mad but disappointed no
2: he was like uh i was like dad i was in wood i was at woodstock mm-hmm. and i had pot leaves i brushed on my boobs and i'm like you know i don't even smoke pot
1: <laughs> now i might have seen this photo but also maybe a lot of women had pot leaves that was probably a pot maybe uh I didn't so I see.
2: see a bunch with pot leaves. That's okay. why I was like kind of shocked, but hmm.
1: <laughs> then I, I, might have seen, I might have seen this picture already.
2: I had like <laughs> bright, flaming fire engine red hair at the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and actually, that reminds me we talked about your grandmother, who was so sweet as to fund this, but what, what did your parents <laughs> think about you going??
2: Um, they didn't actually live in Boise near me at the time. They uh, were in Arizona. So I didn't have a lot of family around me or nor
1: supervision.
2: So I was very uh, young and wild and free in my 20s. So I don't think there was a lot of talk about me going to Woodstock. It was just I did what I did and what I was (laughs) going to do.
1: Great. And so was this even your first (laughs) festival?
2: Uh, Not my first festival, no.
1: Okay. So you had already had some experience, and I'm sure you'd been to yes. some some raves as well.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. So you're you're you've got a couple under your belt. So you're not <laughs> a little seasoned partier. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> so you get ecstasy from a Rolling Stone yeah. reporter who took a picture of your airbrushed weed leaf tits with your fire <laughs> engine red hair. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> sounds about a good peak to to day one. So did you take yeah. the ecstasy? then or say
2: um i i saved it i took it right before the rave was starting um so we set up shop i changed i brought a whole new outfit for that because that that's really what i was most interested in
1: what was your rave? this
2: is my thing it was um a lit. it was little like bell-bottom pants that were white with red hearts all over it and (laughs) had fur on the bottom and like uh, a white tube top of course because it was the 90s so we just wore cheap tops
1: <laughs> cute yeah and i feel like also bell bottoms there was you know the 60s kind of the 60s yeah. and in the 90s thing so also mm-hmm. very bold uh two white items at a place like yeah Woodside. um <laughs> i you, know did you see like the mud people
2: Yeah.
1: the people covered yeah. in the, the questionable not so much mud? the f-
2: First day, but Mm -hmm. that that was a very very all there
1: second day (laughs) too. Gotcha. Um. So you so but you took the ecstasy the first night. I
0: did. Yes. Okay.
1: So then you changed into your rave outfit. So at some point you're saying, "All right, we're." I guess you are now leaving your post looking for Sarah.
2: Yeah. Because we we set up camp. We did all we could.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. So you 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 wait. (laughs) And you're like, where is she? And you're like, I'm at fucking Woodstock ninety nine. I gotta have fun. Mm-hmm. And then you do yeah. it again. And then now you're like, it's rave time. This yeah. is why I'm here. So so tell me, tell me about the rave.
0: So
2: I wasn't there for that long. Uh so I went in and uh my friend was just he stayed at camp and so I, I chose to do that on my own. Um so went in. I just was dancing around, having fun, you know, doing my thing, um, doing what I'm there for. And I would say probably about an hour into me dancing, uh, somebody had bit my butt.
1: (laughs) Bit your butt. Uh,
2: Bit my butt. And I turn around. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I was uh, towards the back, hanging off to the left by myself, just, you know, doing my thing. And um, six guys surrounded me. Wow. And then at that point, they were just making comments. And I, at, the, at this point, I had a top on and everything. I didn't have just my boobs hanging out anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they were starting to walk me out of the hangar um just pushing 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 and i knew that it was not gonna end well i was uber scared i was like oh shit this this isn't this is not a good situation i'm in right now and i don't know what to do um lucky i there was a guy that was witness to it and he broke the circle and grabbed my arm and he's like Hey, this is my girlfriend. What are you doing? And uh, they're like, oh, sorry, man. Sorry, man. You know, we didn't we didn't know if she was your girlfriend. Da, da, da. And they left. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked at me. He's like, that was going to be really bad. And I said, I know. Thank you so much for saving my life. I gave him a hug. Don't know who he is. Don't anything. And I, at that point, I was done. I was like nope no more I'm done with this rave and I just went back to the blanket and chilled for the rest of the evening
1: that that is terrifying that is really fucked up sounding and I I mean I I do have to interject and say how like it's fucked up that like these guys felt like oh like this is okay to be doing if you are a single female, but then if this other guy says, no, she's my girlfriend. And then suddenly it's like, Oh my bad.
2: Yeah, I that's, know. That's a,
1: pr- <laughs> that's a pretty like, that's a, that's a fucked up concept right there. Yeah. That's, it really is. Ah, uh, wow. Um, that's, yeah, that is terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. So did you, when you got back, I mean, what, how, I mean, how were you feeling? I mean, you said you chilled. Did you tell your friend where, I mean, was this, I mean, that's our, that's so early on in the festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, did the, <laughs> what did that do to, you know, your mindset of being like, I have to be here for like two more days or what, what was going on in your head?
2: Uh, well, I was high.
1: On ecstasy, so. right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh I was like, okay, well, that wasn't fun. Uh not going back there alone. Like I'm smart enough to know that I I don't need to be in that situation anymore. So um yeah, I just went and chilled with him. I was like, okay, we're done. And we just hung out and talked and 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 just made our own fun on the blanket.
1: <laughs> well, that's it's great that he, he he stayed there, right? You know, like he had a friend, so <laughs> Yeah. Um Wow that that is that's crazy um so then now no sarah still like you said no sarah (laughs) so did you just like stay you like pass out on the blanket or yeah
2: so we slept there we made that decision just to stay and sleep there um just in case i just was not comfortable leaving the site without her um especially like me just going through that experience i knew that she could be going through her own experiences
1: (laughs) right right so was there i mean was there any attempts of like trying to you know like trying to find her through some kind of like personnel or like official people
2: we would check that uh that missing persons booth that they had uh periodically. Um so we woke up on Saturday and we're like, okay, so what are we gonna do? What's our game plan? So uh we were just on a mission to find her at that point. And they do want to say that I saw her in the documentary. Really? <laughs> and I know what she was doing now.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Uh, what 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 was that?
2: Uh, she uh, they had like a, a split scene in the documentary where insane clown Posse was on and she was on the stage with them.
1: What? Holy shit. He was
2: totally grabbing her boobs. <laughs> Wait <laughs> like
1: I know. The, okay, I mean I know I know exactly this moment.
2: Yeah, that's my friend.
1: Holy shit. So, (laughs) wow. I mean, it sounds like if we can get her story, too, that would be amazing as well. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the, the insane clown posse. So, I mean, that would have been something if you had, you know, made your way to that show. And then Yeah, it. I
2: just missed her because I I was like she really likes George Clinton, but mm-hmm. she was probably backstage with In, Insane Calum Posse. I do have to say that we have met them before since we did go to so many shows, and they weren't like a huge mainstream band, um, so it was very easy to meet and get to know that band uh, if you went to any of their shows prior to Woodstock.
1: So you, okay, so I mean, this is now we're you you've seen multiple ICP shows then. Yes. So, are you, are you, would you consider yourself to be a juggalo or at any point?
2: No, I think they're ridiculous, but, but you... she really liked them. So, okay. I would go to the shows with her.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, uh, went to the gathering of the juggalos in 2019 yeah. and it was, yeah, uh, life changing. So, I, I love that, um, about her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
2: She, she was totally into it. I was like, man, these guys.
1: Right. So you. So she was the one. She. But you went to multiple shows because you're her friend, and she like dragged you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Hundred <laughs> percent. That is incredible. Um, so you, but th- you still don't know this at this point. Um, I had
2: no idea at this point. Mm-hmm. No clue. No clue.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's Saturday, and you stayed there, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'd imagine at this point. It's starting to be very hot, or you're starting to feel the heat. I mean, that was a notorious aspect of Woodstock '99.
2: It was hot. Um, I wasn't super bothered by it. I don't know if it's because I lived in Arizona prior to Boise, so I've just always been acclimated to heat. Um, so i mm. I wasn't as bothered by the heat as the rest of Woodstock.
1: Nice. So everyone <laughs> just needs to live in the desert first, and then it yeah. would be big. So you weren't in you desert. Weren't perturbed by like the water prices or like the issues of water or anything like that.
0: Um,
2: I was perturbed by prices. I was there, and I was prepared to spend money. I had the money to spend, but you know, could I have bought more souvenirs and stuff like that? Yeah, it, that would have been wonderful if I wasn't spending uh, two hundred dollars on a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Right. Right. Did you have to at any point wait in line at the ATM?
2: No, no, no. I had all cash
1: on me. Okay. Okay. Um and you were you uh did you drink beer at all? Were you drinking alcohol or you mainly like to stay ravey?
2: Uh, Stay ravey. I wasn't much of a drinker. So uh, I know that they went into, they were both 21. I was only 20 at the time. So I couldn't get into the beer tent. Um, They went in and waited in line for a little while and got a couple of beers, but that was, we just weren't there to drink.
1: Mm -hmm. So on Saturday in the day, um, and just in general in the festival, I mean, you, you've already shared a a harrowing story. Were you (laughs) noticing, I mean, that's just, that is one of the contentious, uh, elements to this. Like, what was your, what was the environment like on Saturday? And did you notice, like, was there any, did you notice any other, Mm -hmm. like just some of this like male attention, this behavior, this aggressive sexual behavior on Saturday?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. Um, uh, Saturday when we woke up, it was a totally different scene. Uh, things were trashed. There was stuff everywhere. Uh, the mood was definitely shifting within people. Um, and I'm, I'm very much an observer where I don't necessarily get into the thick of everything like a lot of people do. Um, so I, at, on Saturday i met, uh, a group of people that were from New York and they had like a tent set up to the left of the main stage okay. and that's where they were chilling. So, uh, we, I'm one of the guys I met, his name was Chris and me and him just instantly like bonded and connected. And we were completely just inseparable the rest of the time, pretty much. Um so uh we were just walking around and kind of observing like, okay, things are shifting. Uh there's trash everywhere, not everybody's as happy, there's mud everywhere. The porta potties were absolutely ridiculous and just mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um I was standing over by the porta potties waiting, and there was a, a a guy standing on top of one screaming, I am the lizard king. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Oh God, uh, Jim Morrison reference. I
2: think yes, yes, and he was covered in what what we thought to be mud at the time. Mm-hmm.
1: But we know it, there was a good bit, a healthy or an unhealthy amount of poop. Yeah, um, and
2: then and then he was jumping up and down on the porta potty, and it collapsed in, and he fell in
0: it.
1: Holy shit! Oh my God, that's crazy. Um. Did you like, did, was there any other like kind of, were any other guy, like did you have another experience like the one on Friday?
0: I did
2: not. Um, after that experience, I don't know if it was that experience necessarily that was it was off-putting to me, and I just didn't want to be super. In- I I disengaged after that. Mm. I wasn't so interested in being there anymore. Mm. So between that and my friend being lost, I wasn't having the time of my life. I like see. I day one, I was like, "This place is heaven. It's going to be so much fun." Day two, I'm like, "Get me the f out of here. This is hell." <laughs>
1: right but you can't leave (laughs) yeah because you're haven't located your friend and that's got to be weighing on your mind and then Mm -hmm. having that happen and you know and it's it is fucked up it's like the one moment time you were alone by yourself and then this thing happens Mm -hmm. um so that has to yeah i can't really i actually cannot i mean i'm a guy i cannot imagine you know that yeah. sensation of like and then the, yeah that just absolutely seems like this is going to be dampening your mood um mm-hmm. and then yeah and and the festival itself is well on its way to disintegrating so you were with you you made a new friend chris now yeah. were you, but were you still with your original friend Garrett
2: yes he he was still with us um and uh and Chris had a, a group of friends with him too so there was a, a good crowd of men uh with me the rest of the time like and,
1: good people and that's, and that's also fun, but it, I mean it's I can't get over the fact that like this guy on Friday just said, hey that's my girlfriend and like that was enough mm-hmm. as opposed to just even Which, I mean, in a way is, like, a smart thing to say, but it is fucked up that it it just couldn't even be like, hey, don't do whatever the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You know, having to have this, like, weird possessive mentality that spoke to it. So, I mean, I could imagine that maybe if you were with two guys, like, that would, like, deter. Yeah, I don't
2: think – if I wasn't alone, I mean – and I – you know, I hate the the mindset, well, you're a woman, you shouldn't be alone. No, no. I'm a woman and I should be able to go off and dance at a festival if I want to and not be concerned for my safety. Right. Um I shouldn't have to have, you know, uh, a sh- a chaperone.
1: <laughs> right. I mean it's it should like if you're a man, you shouldn't do that and it yeah. doesn't matter. You sh- you shouldn't need a guy to make you feel like this is some alpha dog fight that you have to yeah. like oh i should back down
0: but mm-hmm. if they're
1: alone i can do whatever i want i mean that's that's yeah. the message there so anyway that's yeah fucked up um so the two of y'all you're wandering around and observing an observant mode mm-hmm. um did y'all see any bands on saturday
2: um, we hung out mostly over by the names uh, main stage Saturday, so over to the left of the main stage. Um, so pretty much all of them that were there, we
1: watched. So there was like Tragically Hip, Kid Rock, mm-hmm. Counting mm-hmm. Crows. Did you see Wyclef Jean by any chance? Yes. Um, do, you, do you remember his performance at all? No. Okay. We, he's one of my favorites because his rendition of the Star Spangled Banner is just you know, oh, you know what? I do.
2: I do remember that. I do okay. remember that.
1: Um, and there was people were throwing tons of trash at him while he was doing the Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> uh, which just feels like some sort of metaphor for something. Yeah. Um, uh, and did you? So did you see uh, Limp Bizkit? uh i did okay now tell me about that
2: uh i felt that's kind of where things started to really crash and burn Mm -hmm. i was like uh this is not good i liked it i liked uh limp biscuit limp biscuit was a band that i was very into at the time Mm -hmm. uh so i enjoyed it uh but it really riled everybody up (laughs)
1: <laughs> right did you see any of the, like the ripping of the plywood or anything like that
2: yeah i was uh actually right over by that
1: <laughs> oh really yeah crazy so that in that case being because you weren't really in, in the front then you were further back yes or like me- medium back yeah
2: like medium back um uh when the fire started i was over by the first fire that was over to the left that's
1: where it was wow holy shit so kind of like i mean at least historically at some some pivotal places Um, (laughs) so when the people start ripping like i mean if you can in your memory like just kind of tell me about people ripping down the wood i mean how did it start
2: i honestly don't know why they were doing it (laughs) Uh, I, I was like, at that point, I'm like, what is happening? I did not understand this energy. Um, I get it. Like pe- things were expensive. Um, the grounds weren't taken care of. There wasn't enough staff to, um, uh, cater to the crowd. Um, you know, women were mad because they were getting molested at rates everywhere they went, if they were alone. Um, You know, just to backtrack a little bit, um, you know, when I did find my girlfriend, it was in that tent. Um, We just happened to collide at the same moment and everybody, the crowd was cheering because we hugged and everybody was really happy. Uh, But she was also wearing one of those silver blankets.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
2: So she had gotten into some trouble um, that night that she was alone. Uh, because she went back into the campgrounds apparently
1: um and sorry what when is this what day this was Saturday it was night. it was
2: Saturday uh, uh Saturday evening, evening that i I kind oh. of found her
1: okay and so was this before or after limp Bizkit performed
2: uh it was before
1: it was before okay all right sorry so yeah just to get my story i I was thinking that was a little later. So yes, let's backtrack. Um, so tell me, so what, what was, what was your friend like? What was the going on there?
2: Uh, she was happy to find us again. Um, she kind of told us a little bit about her venture and, uh, uh, you know, the troubles that she got in, but she was happy that we were reunited and we, made a pact not to separate after that (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah um Uh,
2: just to go have fun
1: right so i i mean if you feel comfortable i mean i know it's her story but what kind of trouble did she get in
2: um i guess i guess there was some um attempts of of rape so uh in the campgrounds I I don't know the whole story. Okay. And so I mean you'd have to gather that from her. I just didn't know that I I found her and right. she was in, in a silver blanket. <laughs>
1: okay. And so that I guess was like Friday night perhaps.
2: Uh, or... Yeah, Friday night.
1: So that I mean I mean the two of you both had this experience happen. I mean that mm-hmm. I mean that does not sound like what you signed up for and that is, not, that is not that wasn't advertised in the brochure
2: it did know. not say on the ticket <sighs> do not go out by yourself if you're a woman
0: <laughs> right right
1: um damn i'm i'm so sorry that this is this happened um mm-hmm. so now is it so it's the it's the three of you plus your new friend yes and um so at that point did she what did was she like i want to go home or y'all both you, everyone decided to, we like, were we, a little powwow to be like what the fuck is going on what are we gonna yeah do? we
2: just like had a little powwow and we we're like okay well we're here and we were committed to the process so we weren't going home we were staying you know what happens happens uh we were safe uh, you know, alive.
0: Yes.
1: And so threatened uh, threatened but not yeah. injured. Yeah. Right.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. So and now we were in a group and yeah. we we let it go and decided to try to make the best of it. <laughs>
0: you
1: just said, All right, that was fucked up, but now we are definitely not leaving each other's <laughs> sight.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. So it's getting into that survival mode. I feel like you're really earning the like our like podcast survivor title here <laughs>
0: um
1: so so then so then so then all four of you see Limp Biscuit and that's mm-hmm. and then so then you and you're there and you see the the plywood now mm-hmm. kind of like the you know did you feel like Fred Durst was egging people on to do it or did what you know or did you just feel like there's just fucking crazy people here it was a
2: uh, I think His energy did definitely carry on into the crowd. I don't know if he was necessarily egging people on, um, but it was just an energy that was already happening. And I think he was feeding off that energy as well. Um, So it was just kind of a vicious cycle of that feeding back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it just started happening and people started peeling it off. And I'm like, Okay, well, I guess they're doing that now.
1: <laughs> now did was there any like kind of staff or security that was reacting to this?
2: No, no. no it's just like we were all left it. alone to our own devices. <sighs> I didn't see security doing anything.
1: Yeah, just four hundred thousand people just to their own devices. Um, mm-hmm. Damn, that is crazy. So you see that and mm-hmm. then. How did you see Raging's the Machine and Metallica? Yes. Okay, this is pretty wild also in itself that y'all just camped out and like saw all these bands. Like y'all are some survivors because I feel like most <laughs> people would haven't even, I mean, even though everyone kind of had their own marathon journey, I don't know if I've seen anyone or talked to anyone that just camped out like that and saw all the acts. <laughs> I mean that's that is, imp- we I mean, that is like decided, twelve straight hours of music it blasting.
2: We would we would go like on like we'll go get a slice of pizza or some more water, but after kind of being traumatized day one, mm-hmm. we're like, we're sitting right here. Uh and this is this is our new life. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: crazy. I mean that- That is real. This really is like giving me like an an image. Now, I mean, I'd have I have to wonder, and I could be completely off base, but like, what you? I mean, you say traumatized. Like, did it? I could imagine almost the intensity, the chaos of everything that maybe it was. You weren't necessarily even processing these things that happened to you and your friend. No, because you were just like you said, just more like got to get through this shit, you know,
2: you're very, it's, it, it's a lot of experience happening at once. Um, uh, and there's so much going on around you. You can't, it's impossible to process what is your personal experience, why you're there living in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just trying to like what, you're just like, I'm here at a festival. I came to have fun. Am I having fun? I don't know if I'm having fun this is crazy. I'm going to sit here and just
0: figure it out. (laughs) Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that is crazy. Um, now as far as like, let's see, so we'll come, we'll come back to this, but to just sort Mm -hmm. of finish out the timeline, uh, anything from rage against the machine or Metallica that, you know, stuck out to you?
2: Nothing that stuck out to me. I mean, I I really enjoyed those bands. I -hmm. I liked those last three. um, I was really all about. I was like, Mm -hmm. just I was happy that I got to see them. And I knew, even at that young age, that experiencing this lineup the way I am now is never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just trying to enjoy that moment as much as possible.
1: Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean. Especially the Rage Against the, the Machine and Metallica. I mean, those mm-hmm. are two. Like, you know, at this point, pretty like legendary like rock bands. So. Yeah. And I mean, you can't even see Rage the Machine anymore. Yeah. So. And Metallica is probably a $300 ticket. So. Probably. That's <laughs> incredible. So, um, Saturday, any. Mm-hmm any raving or no raving this time no raving, no raving. i was
2: i was done, you were done i was with like that. no we're good and so we decided since we, at that point we found sarah uh, we went back to our hotel room and got showers <laughs> and were able to refresh <laughs>
1: amazing now um, what so i i don't what was the process getting out of the grounds was that difficult easy long line congested
2: it was super easy. Just, it, it, yeah. There there wasn't a lot of people leaving right. at that time. Um, so we didn't have an issue getting to the car and getting to the hotel at all.
1: And then what was what was Rome like Saturday like the middle of the festival Saturday?
2: Uh the middle of the festival Saturday. Well, I mean, just... It was it was quiet in the hotel yeah. room. I remember specifically being very quiet. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. I would yeah i kind of imagine it's sort of like the calm of the storm or just everything's Mm -hmm. happening on site yeah so you get a shower so i mean this also again you're you're putting yourself in this elite category of woodstock attendees who took a shower on saturday night (laughs) um so and then i am assuming you all all like slept on beds yeah wow this is truly a luxury so did you go back sunday
2: we did no we were all in we're committed to the process wow. at this point
1: <laughs> that's interesting so did anyone at any point you know you get a little taste of that sweet life did, did anyone say like hey we could just like call it and go home was there any of that talk no. or was it just no we're waking up no. and doing this again
2: we were we were all in
1: <laughs> amazing amazing <laughs> uh so what time did you hit hit the ground sunday
2: it was pretty early. Um, I remember uh, it was early. We, we got up early and headed back. Um, it was pretty before bands really started. Um, and uh, so we wandered around in the morning and just to kind of watching everybody. There was a, a photographer that was uh, laying everybody out naked uh, and doing some sort of pictures or something, some art installation that he wanted to do later.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But I think he just wanted to take pictures of naked people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that happens. That's a thing that happens. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, maybe that's where some people decided that that's photography was their calling at Woodstock 99.
2: I'm a photographer. <laughs> um, so then what?
1: What did Sunday look like compared to Saturday?
2: Uh, well, one, the grounds were completely trash. When we first got there in the morning, most people were still in their campgrounds and sleeping. So it was kind of like a ghost town. Um, so we really just kind of got to experience what it looked like without a ton of people crowded around stages and uh, getting crazy. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it it was a dump.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very anthropological of you to just kind of <laughs> look around and observe the human behavior and the and the ev- yeah. the evidence of of chaos that yeah. existed. Yeah. Um. Yet, did, were you all? Uh, did you meet any interesting people in these times?
0: Uh,
2: I mean, we talked to a lot of people, but I mean, the most interesting people was the the new group of of New Yorkers that we met, and we just really hung with them. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I I'm more of an introvert anyway, and after that experience, I I was like, I don't want to meet anybody.
1: <laughs> wow. wow, that's fucked up. Did you tell Did you tell your new friends about what happened?
2: Yes, they knew, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I know one of them, uh, one of Chris's friends, says he was taking so many pictures and uh, video recording, and he said at one point he was going to do a release of all all his footage um like a time capsule kind of release and i i lost i kept in contact with chris for years and years and years and a, a few years back we lost contact um and i just recently stalked him and i found him on linkedin mm-hmm. um so i don't know what happened to all that footage but i'm very curious like if it huh. still exists
1: interesting so so when you when you have found him on linkedin y'all have reconnected now
2: um, I need to send him a message. I was being weird about it and I just like followed him <laughs> like a creep and I didn't send an actual message. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, it sounds like you really bonded. I mean, in, I mean, with all this, we
2: really did. Like we were in love. I don't know if it was the ecstasy, but it was like love at first sight and we were soulmates and we were going to get married and be together forever.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. Yeah, you should hit him up. I mean, there's just all this I talk. Know. I mean, and I mean, I might ask you if if I might follow up if you do because I would love to hear his story. Yeah. Um. So love, love at first sight. That's that's amazing. Um. We had a good time. <laughs> great. I love to hear it. Um. So so now we're Sunday. Uh, walking around. Any of. Did you camp out again at a stage or what, 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 what was your daytime activity?
2: It was really chill during the day. Uh, so we just kind of camped out again at that spot over to the left of the main stage. And, um, you know, we'd go get snacks and just talk to people that came over and just really hung out in the group and, and enjoyed our time, um, and watched all the bands that, that came up. We weren't, really interested in migrating at that point and going back and forth between stages. Um, you know, people getting split up, we were just done with all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it being the last day, we're like, nobody can lose each other today. Like, come on. (laughs) So So, you're um, you're not, mm
1: -hmm. you're not drinking. You did like the ecstasy and Mm -hmm. you don't smoke weed either. No, So it was kind (laughs) of like the drug usage had a high peak, on friday and then i'm i'm kind of gathering you were not doing anything for then Saturday no night, so. mm-hmm. no
2: nothing Mm-mm.
1: um did any of those bands stick out you have willie nelson brian setzer everlast elvis costello jewel creed any of those bands stick out to you at all
2: those were nice i mean but it didn't really start sticking out to me until red hot chili peppers came on (laughs) let's just
1: fast forward to that so were you a fan of the chili peppers
2: oh absolutely love them
1: Mm -hmm. that seems yeah big one i mean huge 90s Mm -hmm. act um Mm -hmm. so you were excited to to see them perform yeah very very excited was it your first time seeing them
2: it was my first time seeing them live yeah
1: okay great great um so how, tell me about that. Like, how was the show?
2: I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved every second of it. I love that flea came out totally naked. Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> I was right. like, this is amazing. And their energy is just so high and they just, they really do put on a great show. Right. Um, so I was enjoying all of that, but also watching what was unfolding around me. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Mm-hmm.
1: So you said that you were like very close to a, a, one of the fires being. Struck. Yes. So did you yes. witness that? Yes, I did. So um, to my understanding, all these candles were being handed out, you know, oh, it was just, you know yeah. a, visual, a visual, a moment of silence order for gun violence for Columbine. And mm-hmm. d- did you receive a candle?
2: I did not have a candle. Okay. Um, I didn't make my way over to that booth that was handing out the candles, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "Why the heck do all these people have candles? This seems this seems like a a
0: mistake." So, right. so <laughs> is happening right now.
1: You weren't even aware of the whole intention, and and did yeah. did uh, anyone in the Chili Peppers even say anything about the candles?
2: Uh, I I don't remember if they did. Um. I can't recall.
1: Yeah, because I think looking at the footage, like, because I mean, it was it was an outside group, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure, and so I'm actually not even sure to like what degree they even coordinated with the Red Hot Chili Peppers about doing it. Because I mean, you could pretty Mm -hmm. well assume that at a Red Hot Chili Peppers show, they're going to play under the bridge. So it seems almost like you could just maybe coordinate such a thing maybe without their knowledge um and anyway in the footage they don't say anything but i know that the footage i've seen there are some cuts so i just didn't know if like anthony said like hey time to light the candles or not
2: no there. not that i recall there was nothing about like the candle thing um i don't remember them nothing sticks out that they said anything about that
1: so but then tell me about like so you just so you're like what the hell is all these candles and then someone lights it like tell me about that. <laughs>
2: there, there was all this plywood on the ground.
1: Mhm. From the from the, camp, right? <laughs> the
2: the mural.
1: Oh right, the Did you see anyone tearing down the peace wall?
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: And so what was what know. was that, that like? I guess a lot of that hap- most of that happened Sunday. I mean what like in the middle of the day I, and stuff.
2: I just didn't understand why they were doing it. I mean, I just kind of, I just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Um, But I did, everybody was just on drugs.
0: (laughs) Right. So they're like,
2: Um, I mean, obviously the guys on the poor potty being the lizard king. I don't know how much acid these people took, (laughs) but, you know, there's, everybody was just out of their minds at one point. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that sounds kind of like you're out of your mind. You're on a psychedelic drug that's, you know, it's not just like drinking. It's going to influence the way you think. And then the environment you're in, you know, I mean, it can really reflect back on each other. It's not just like, oh, let me smoke weed and I'm going to like, you know, mellow out or feel certain type of way. I mean, psychedelic drugs can, they can be very profound when they're in your system. And I can imagine that if you are surrounded by shit and trash and aggression, and yeah that you would just like reflect those things and so mm-hmm. I, I do feel like LSD did have this role in the festival of just 100 like, because like fueling some sort of like anarchic fantasy to um, <laughs> it so, really
2: was like Lord of the Flies up in there <laughs> right,
1: right. Um, that's that's what it sounds like um, so so there's so now there's plywood So this piece wall, the irony of it, of course. Um, yeah. So people just start lighting on fire. Yeah. I mean, was it like, like, it, are you like jaded to this kind of craziness? Are you like, this is something to be worried about? Or like, who gives a fuck? Or like, y'all are crazy? Like, what, what was the thought about the fire and, and watching it, it unfold?
2: It was really just surreal at that point. Um, it kind of just felt like having an out-of-body experience. It really did. I, you just don't know what point of reality you're in anymore. Um, and you're like, why are these people doing it? Obviously, they're on drugs. And then people are pissed off about the money situation and everything being so expensive. And they're just screaming, like, down with the man. Like,
1: <laughs> So um did did you see it like how big did the fire you were next to get
2: it was huge it was massive
1: and were people like throwing things onto it once it started
2: yeah they were throwing things onto it and then they were dancing around it
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so how long did you and but the chili peppers were still playing yeah. Starts. Yeah. So did you yeah. So did you see all of the chili peppers?
2: Yes, we did. We stayed up until uh, the SWAT team came with mustard gas, tear gas or whatever they had.
1: So the, that and that was after they like well after they were mm-hmm. like, a couple. So you mm-hmm. so you were just staying there. So even though you saw the fires, you you were still in your like kind of where you were positioned, like to the left of the. Of
2: yeah, the main we were walking around a little bit, but we just kind of knew like this is this is something uh, that's happening, mm-hmm. and we we wanted to see this unfold because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was we're like this is going to be history in the making. <laughs> like we're we're not leaving yet. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were you have a seems like a great journalist. Uh, intuition Um, (laughs) you were very right so but did you Mm -hmm. feel did you feel unsafe or did you feel like it was mostly a property thing
2: it was a property thing i didn't feel unsafe and we did see people breaking into the um like the atm machines and stuff nobody was bothering each other at that point Mm -hmm. it was just destroy the festival and anything that uh the promoters brought in and the booths and whatever like everybody else uh, we were all safe <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so you, did, you didn't witness any violence in those moments
2: no right? not at towards all people. no no mm-hmm. towards people no not at all it's just property
1: right did you happen to wander past like the trucks like the big 18 wheeler trucks that caught on fire
0: no i did not
1: okay now so t- you so you when they came in when the police came in um, you said they were spraying with mustard gas. Did y'all get sprayed?
2: No, no. So that's at that point where we're like, okay, now we're observing. we're done. We need to exit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started walking out as, as soon as they started coming in and the, the police had said, like, Hey, we're going to spray.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you ne- you, and they had their riot gear on and they're like, you need to leave. And we're like, okay, cool. We're out. <laughs> right.
1: So I guess it almost seems like at that point, the police coming Mm-hmm. In a weird way, is like the least surreal thing to be happening, <laughs> or yeah, something. Because it really it's almost was. like, oh, like now, if the police are here, it means that the rest of reality, the world, is actually understanding what's going on now and re- yeah. the world is actually re- the outside world is reacting to th- to this. Yes, <laughs>
0: yeah. And you're like, I yeah, mean, we're
1: not we're not participating in the blooting, so. Yeah. yeah, like, please, on my way out. Um, yeah. So then did you, at this point, like, did you go back to your hotel one night? or? How, yeah, how, how so did we, we
2: stayed for? another night, uh, mm-hmm. and we just went back to the hotel room, and uh, our friends from New York, our new friends from New York came. I think there was about a, a group of six of them, mm-hmm. and we all just hung out at the hotel room and, and had a ton of fun that night, and before we had to get back to the airport in uh new york
1: so i mean i love that y'all had fun on sunday in the hotel i mean was it kind of like were you kind of debriefing from were you like what the fuck just happened or were you just you know
2: we debriefed a little bit um but it was just a really kind of chill atmosphere Mm -hmm. um uh everybody was just really i think it just everybody was trying to process what what was going
1: on right Uh, yeah i can imagine and that's kind of where i want you know coming back to like you know some of these things so i once the festival is over i mean did you have like a shift in perspective about some of these things that happened
2: a a little bit i did Mm um i i think i understood it a little bit. I'm like, okay, I mean, I get it. Like, people were mad. I I didn't see enough security there. And the amount of drugs that was going around was in- crazy. And a lot of it was coming from security and obviously reporters. So um, mm-hmm. I just understood what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think it was, like, off the cuff that it, it went down. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Um- And then, but as far as even just like, you know, your Friday moment and Sarah's Friday moment, like, was there, I don't know, was there ever a time, you know, later afterwards where you, I mean, it sounds like you were very scared at the moment, but I guess like you Mm. said, this, you know, fucked up thing happened and then you're still in the festival sort of thinking, you know, there's all this other stuff going on where you didn't have time to process when you once the festival's over and you had time to process that did, did something, did you think anything differently about that experience?
2: I thought it was extremely messed up. I mean, both Sarah and I thought those experiences were, were messed up. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a world like that, but honestly, I'm, I'm a very realistic person too. And that's just those, that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. especially as a woman, you know, you have to be careful. And then when you get in situations like that, um, especially that, you know, there was a lot of like frat boy mentality there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people that didn't even really know the bands, they were just going to
1: just do what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, yeah, we've heard that a lot, a lot of kind of frat boys, weekend warrior types who mm-hmm. just like were drawn by some sort of, mystique that Woodstock had sort of cultivated of mm-hmm. like this is an anything goes type of environment yeah um and then that can anything goes you know it's nice when anything goes there's still these like general guidelines of human decency as opposed yeah. to literally anything goes because then yeah. that is like not such a friendly utopian concept anymore
2: exactly so
1: um i mean wow that that was an incredible story is there any other kind of coda to it that or you you got back and like anything any anything else happen or i mean you did mention that your dad saw the picture yeah
2: that that was it that was Mm -hmm. kind of the ending of my woodstock story It's just Mm -hmm. that and it was uh my brother that, that that told on me um and Your showed brother? my dad so that's that's his fault <laughs>
1: was it a younger brother or older yeah more? my okay. younger brother so maybe he and... was jealous he didn't get to go
2: <laughs> i don't know so don't yeah know. he totally ratted me out to oh, my dad no. and uh yeah that was just a, a fun conversation and i was like dad i was in you know woodstock and went in rome, <laughs>
1: when in rome yeah, absolutely um wow incredible um seriously amazing story brooke uh i really appreciate it um yeah now i guess to to sort of follow up i mean like so have you have you seen any of those like bands a second time since
2: i haven't no
1: okay um so brooke did you continue to go to raves
2: I did for quite some time. I, uh, I I went to raise probably until I was about 23.
1: <laughs> okay. So it's like, yeah, like three more years. But yeah. I mean, when did you start? Did you start as like a teenager?
2: I did, 16. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So when you put it in that context, it's like that's almost a decade. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess you know, really just like, what what are you up to now? Where, where where do you, what do you, how do you spend your time these days now?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I work in it software specifically. Um, and when I'm not working, I spending time with my daughter, she just turned 18. Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, thank you. And then, um, I also, uh, I'm, I'm big into firearms. So I do a lot with the firearms community and uh, I shoot archery and make soap.
1: <laughs> soap, soap, guns, and arrows. Yeah, um, quite the combo. <laughs> when did you get into uh, the firearms community?
2: Uh, so the firearms has been a little over a year now.
1: Oh, okay. And, so more recent.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is more recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I purchased my, my first firearm and I was already involved in the archery community and the, the firearms community really embraced me.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and I, uh, as far as the soap, how does that, I can see where the guns and, and the archery can in- mm-hmm. intersect, but the soap, how does that play? Yeah. in? Uh,
2: I'm a very hippie soul. So, uh, very natural, uh naturopathic i want ingredients that are pure and not processed no chemicals so i decided i was going to make my own soap and i started making it about five years ago and have been making it since
1: (laughs) oh cool that's great i could see that being uh like a booth thing at woodstock and actually I forgot oh, really? to ask, you did mention that you had sort of like an enthusiasm towards the souvenirs. You wished you had bought more, but couldn't because of mm-hmm. the price of water. Did you uh, take, do you have any souvenirs from Woodstock 99?
2: Uh, the blanket I slept on, on the mm-hmm. very, very cold ground. Okay. <laughs> that is it.
1: Gotcha. Um, and then... I know that we had talked about your, the love of your life, Chris, who you just recently <laughs> stopped yeah. on LinkedIn. Um, do you, do you keep up? Did you keep up with Sarah and your other friend or any, any other last? Sarah and I connection?
2: stayed connected for a very long time. Uh, we probably haven't spoken in, in about five, six years though.
1: So. Hmm. Okay. And, um, and your, and the other friend you were with,
2: uh, i I never I never met him again I moved out of Boise, uh probably to Seattle Washington a year later so I uh, lost contact there
1: gotcha I see um and you live in and you're in Phoenix now I am which so you grew up there and now I guess you're back there yes and um, <laughs> so I, I can I'm getting the image of the uh it's the 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 arid conditions that prepared you and then now you you know how to defend yourself uh and keep yourself clean with the soap and the guns and the yeah and so it all (laughs) i'm trying to picture this this woodstock warrior image it's
2: psychologically (laughs) all stemmed from woodstock
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) amazing uh i love it um and, uh, if you, if you want to follow Brooke, you can, uh, it's a uh, brook.arrows on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, thank you so much seriously for, uh, coming on and telling your story. It was a re- it was a really incredible thank you. story.
2: So. It, it was, uh, interesting to go down memory, memory lane there.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
2: <sighs> thank you.
1: That was an incredible story from Brooke. And we greatly appreciate her coming on and telling it to us and our listeners. Now, if you went to, worked at, or played at Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. I'm Parks Miller. Thank you. And we will see you at Woodstock.